Greetings to listeners all around the world. Welcome to Safe Dividend Investing's podcast number 126 on July 27th of 2023. My name is Ian Duncan MacDonald. In today's podcast, I'll be answering three interesting investment questions. The objective of my books, my website, and my podcast is to show all those seeking financial independence how to become informed, confident, successful, self-directed investors. Question number one. How could someone start investing in the stock market? You first need some cash to invest in the stock market. You are buying shares in companies. They are not free. How much you start with is up to you, but unless you commit to what you feel is a significant sum, you'll soon lose interest and find other things to spend your money on. It also depends on your motivation for investing. Perhaps you're worried about your future after you retire and want to build up a retirement fund. Maybe you want to achieve financial independence at an early age. My primary objective in investing had been to just realize a reliable income to live on for the rest of my life. I had never anticipated seeing my portfolio grow into seven figures. Usually, retirees worry about outliving their savings. They do not expect to see their net worth growing year after year. For the last 20 years, I've lived very well of my portfolio's dividend income. I only invest in financially strong, diversified companies paying high dividends. I have found the fluctuation of share prices of stocks in my portfolio and the stock market in general are of minor interest. I believe that speculating on share prices, which is the practice of constantly trying to buy stocks at a low price and selling them at a higher price, is why 95% of investors lose money in the stock market. They often buy and sell their stocks impulsively at the worst possible time. I can go for years without making changes to the stocks in my portfolio. My portfolio consists of 20 diversified stocks. They bring in an average annual income worth about 6% or more of my portfolio's value. This steady income came in even during the 2008 and 2020 market crashes. It has now grown into a six-figure income. I also help my wife invest an inheritance. Not surprisingly, she gets the same results as I do. When you invest your wife's money, you better be right. What I had not expected was to see the share value of the portfolio growing by about 12% most years, despite taking that generous income out of it to live on. This growth stalled during the 2008 
and 2020 market crashes, but soon resumed its growth. Part of the growth in the portfolio's value came from investing some of the dividend income that I did not need to live on back into the existing 20 stocks. One other benefit I've seen from a steady increase in share value is a constant increase in the dividend payouts. This has kept my income well ahead of inflation. If you are interested and want to get some deeper insights into dividend investing, go to my website, www.informus.ca. That's I-N-F-O-R-M-U-S. There you will find four videos and links to my 125 weekly 20-minute podcasts. There are also links to summaries of my five investment books. These are books that my friends asked me to write. Probably the most important information you will find there is on the stock scoring software that I provide with my books. I developed that software to help me to more easily select out of the 16,000 shares available in North America, only the best and the safest stocks paying the highest dividends. I do not believe in speculative investing. I think it important that you, not some expensive financial advisor, always know exactly what you are investing in, why you are investing in it, and how much it is costing you. That is why I recommend becoming a self-directed investor. Question number two. When you sell a stock at a loss, what mistake have you made? If you never sell a stock, then you will never have a loss. However, I doubt if you can find a long-listed stock that has not lost and gained value numerous times over several years. This is understandable because for you to buy a stock, someone who now owns it has to be willing to sell you that stock. They sell because they are sure the stock is going to decline in value or it has already declined in value from where they bought it. You're buying the stock because you are sure the stock is going to increase in value. You both cannot be right. Millions of buying and selling decisions are being made in the stock market every hour by investors motivated by their fear and their greed. A minority of investors, like myself, are not concerned about whether the stock is going to increase or decrease in value. What we are buying is income. Our objective is the preservation of our wealth and the steadiness of our investment income. Looking at easily obtainable historical records that go back for decades, such careful investors seek 20 stocks that have had both steadily increasing share prices and dividend payouts. These are not dynamic 
spectacular increases, but steady increases that have doubled, even tripled the share price by several multiples over one or two decades. The objective of such investors is to never sell their carefully chosen dividend stocks. When market crashes occur, as they do about every four or five years, these dividend investors pay little notice to the temporary drop in the share price. They know for having studied the stock's historical performance in the last few market crashes that the share prices will eventually recover and reach new record highs. Having adjusted their lifestyle to their dividend income, they, during a market crash, live comfortably off their regular dividend payouts. Once again, having looked at historical records, they saw that the dividend payments of these stocks do not get cut during market crashes. For any surplus cash, they see a crash in an ideal time to invest further in the 20 stocks of their portfolio. They are now available at bargain prices. They know that it is the buying and selling by speculators that causes share prices to fluctuate and markets to crash. Fortunately, speculators have no control over the profits of companies from which stable dividends are paid. It is the wise revenue and expense decisions by the experienced executives of a company that result in profits from which the dividends are paid. In this kind of dividend investing, there is no bragging about how clever you were to buy a stock at $1 and sell it at 20 It can happen, but the emphasis is on reliability of dividends. These dividend investors do not see the stock market as a casino. They see it as a stress-free way to safely invest in a logical manner. Question number three. What are some good Canadian dividend stocks that have the potential to increase their share prices and dividend payouts? The first response to your question would be, what is your definition of good? The second response would be, why Canadian stocks? If you are looking for a definition of a good stock, there is a book available on Amazon called The Canadian High Dividend Handbook. The 182 Canadian stocks listed in it are sorted alphabetically by share price, by dividend yield percent, and of most importance in defining good by their score. The score matrix sorts stocks from 0 to 100. The higher the score, the closer most investors consider it to be closer to good. A perfect 100 score does not exist. The highest score listed for a stock in the book is a 74. The lowest is an 8. I personally avoid stocks that score under 
50. Most stocks score under 50. All 182 stocks were paying a dividend yield of at least 3.5% when the book was written. Why was 3.5% used as the selector? Because the average inflation rate over the last 100 years has supposedly been 3.5%. If you're not able to generate a dividend exceeding 3.5%, then you're losing to inflation. The highest dividend yield percent for one of these listed stocks was 18.81%, but its risk score was only 27. What you will notice in reviewing stocks in the book is that stocks with the highest scores often have a lower dividend yield percent, and those with lower scores often have a higher dividend yield percent. It then becomes a matter of balancing higher scoring stocks with lower scoring stocks. Doing this, it is not difficult to realize an average dividend yield for your portfolio of 6% or more. Why are you limiting your choice of stocks to Canadian stocks? Perhaps you're not a Canadian, and for increased safety, you seek to diversify your portfolio into foreign stocks. Results can vary by country. There are advantages to including Canadian stocks in your portfolio. Spread over five and a half time zones, Canada is the second largest country in the world. Only Russia is larger. Its stable parliamentary system of government, based on the British model, makes it one of the safest, most democratic countries in the world. It is incredibly rich in natural resources, such as gold, silver, nickel, iron, copper, lumber, wheat, oil, and gas. It has a rapidly growing, healthy, highly educated population of 40 million people. In the last year, it added over a million new immigrants. Its five very large banks with their thousands of branches are rated the safest in North America. Their diversity and conservative lending policies protects them from financial threats. If you are a Canadian investor, there are distinctive tax advantages to be gained. It is possible to be excluded from paying income tax on the first $55,000 of dividend income derived from a Canadian stock. Many of the stocks available would be household names to you. Looking at the alphabetical sort of the 182 stocks, the following is a quick summary of four of the 182 stocks appearing at the beginning of the alpha sort. There are sufficient stocks listed in the book to give you a wide choice to choose from in constructing a safe portfolio 
of 20 strong stocks paying reliable dividends. Investing equally in 20 carefully chosen stocks limits the possibility that any one stock could seriously impact the total value of your portfolio. All stocks are listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange. The trend of historical share price and dividend payouts over 20 years for each stock is provided. This helps direct you to those stocks with the greatest potential for safe growth and a generous dividend income. The stock scoring software used throughout the book is provided to book buyers so they can easily and quickly rescore any stock. Stock scoring provides you with an objective way to measure each stock and sort any group of stocks from most to least desirable. A similar book, American High Dividend Handbook, exists for U.S. stocks. The four stocks chosen from the alpha sort to look at include A&W Revenue Royalty, stock symbol AW.UN. When the book was written, it had a score of 51, cost $36.73 per share, and was paying a dividend yield of 4.41%. The previous two years for these figures was also provided. The second stock was Allied Properties Real Estate Investment Trust, stock symbol AP.UN. It had the highest score in the A's with a score of 69. Its share price was $42.17, and it was paying a dividend of 4.03%. The third was Acadian Timber Corporation, stock symbol ADN. It had a score of 52, with a share price of $19.47. The dividend yield percent was 5 0.96%. The fourth one has the highest dividend yield percent within the A's. It was Amada Data Corporation, stock symbol ARD. Its dividend yield was 10.68%. However, its score was only 31 and its share price was $0.13 cents a share. It is important in building a strong portfolio that you be able to explain why you are choosing one stock over another. Things are neither good nor bad except by comparison. Doing just a few minutes of objective research beats impulsive speculative buying based on rumors, the media, and what is being hyped by financial advisors. A transcript of this podcast is available from your podcaster. If you cannot find it, contact me.
Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com.